0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, Mac Dominic is here to help us survive the world around us. Prophecy in the News Live is coming to the Tri Cities area Friday and Saturday, March 8th and 9th, featuring Bill Federer, Greg Patton, Dr. Kenneth Hill. Micah Van Hus, Larry Stamm, Josh Davis, Mark Lindsted, and Clayton Van Hus. The latest details on the march toward a one-world system will be revealed, biblical mysteries will be uncovered, and you'll learn how to have true spiritual victory in the invisible war on the saints. Biblical artifacts from Israel will be on display with an archaeologist there ready to answer your questions. Friday and Saturday, March 8th and 9th, At Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Call 1 800 652 1144 or visit the events page at our website, swrc.com. Tickets for this special event are free, but seating is limited. Don't be left behind. Register today. 1 800 652 1144. Clayton Van Hus had the opportunity to sit down and visit with author and speaker Mac Dominick to discuss how you and I can survive the world today with all the chaos that is around us.
1: Thank you very much. I am your host today, Clayton Van Hus, and I am joined here by Mac Dominic. Now, he is a researcher who likes to uh, study and talk about, present, you write, do videos, on uh, some of the important mysteries of the Bible, Old and New Testament, correct? Oh, uh, yes, that is correct. I'm a bit of an Old Testament junkie, but we certainly
2: have to bear in mind that the Old Testament leads us right to the New Testament.
1: Exactly. And and I'm I'm with you there. I I love studying the Old Testament and then looking at the New Testament and seeing what we find. So so starting off here, tell us a little bit about yourself and what what got you into the studies that you're doing.
2: Okay. I'll try to be as brief as possible with answering that question, but the way it happened was when I was 40 years old, which was a number of years ago in 1990, we had a missionary staying at our house and using it as a base for raising deputation. He was a missionary to child evangelism fellowship and he was reading a book by Johanna Michelson by the name of like lambs to the slaughter and and he left the book laying around the house the three weeks that they were there and I just picked it up and started reading it. And I was blown away by what I read because like Lambs the Slaughter was a book about the effect of the New Age movement on our children, specifically how it was being taught in schools and, and such as that. And, uh, and what really blew me away was not so much the content of the book, but in the back of the book, Ms. Michelson had appendixes where she where she gave the straight beliefs of the new agers and i had been a bible prophecy buff for all of my all of my christian life and i started understanding that what these new agers were were saying was exactly what the bible said only it was approaching it from the view of satan and that blew me away and i was like whoa i can't believe that i didn't understand this i've never seen this before at the time, I was teaching an adult Sunday school class, which I still do. And, and I decided, man, I bet none of the people in my class know anything about this either. And so I gave, did a two-week program on the New Age Movement. After the first week, members of my class started coming to me and said, Mac, you know, they are teaching this to our kids in school. We didn't know what it was. But what you described is exactly what they're teaching our children, and that blew me away again. And I can remember sitting in church before the message that before the worship service the next at that same day between Sunday school and church, and thinking and praying, Lord, if they if they didn't know this, if this is here in South Carolina, I only thought it happened in places like New York or California or places where where there were more liberal than the Bible Belt and uh and I just couldn't believe they were getting it in our schools in South Carolina, and so I said, "Lord, somebody's got to tell them they people have got to understand this, and I didn't get an audible voice or an angel appearing to me from heaven or anything like that, but the Lord seemed to say to me, Yes, and you're going to do it and at that point, I was never so driven to do anything in my life as I was to get that message out, and when you get into the new age movement. That leads you to studying the New World Order. That leads you to studying studying all kinds of things, mythology, demonology, all sorts of things that you never even thought about studying before. And so you become a
1: jack-of-all-trades and (laughs) (laughs) master-of-none. Exactly. And you talk about the New Age. And this is not a new thing. In my studies, um, as an archaeologist, one of the things I study are the gods of Canaan, which means I also study the gods of Mesopotamia and the gods of just all over the ancient Near East. And the mythology is there. And all of this in the New Age is nothing new. This has been around. Have you done have you? No, done some- it's, you
2: know, it's the same story. It's the same story you get in archaeology of the gods and goddess, goddesses. And what we have to realize is that mythology over the years – has turned into something that we see as fairy tales. As a matter of fact, modern people have this mindset about the people that were the inhabitants in Mesopotamia, the land of Canaan, as adults who carried on conversations with their imaginary friends. But these people were intelligent, empire builders, fantastic stonemasons, and all of the skills that they had with the technology that was available to them. They were extremely intelligent people. They did not communicate with their imaginary friends. These gods and these entities were real. They are real. They're still real. And we have, have taken it and turned it into a fairy tale. And that's, and that's one of the real issues we have in our world today is we cannot recognize evil. Because we have no point of reference.
1: Well, we really haven't changed that much as human beings. Um, we still cling to the old ways, and there's there's neo paganism. There are people today who will come out, and it's amazing in my in my research. You know, you you read you know, on the one hand, you read scholarly papers and that sort of thing. You find research, uh, then you go on YouTube when you're feeling like yes. that's time to eat supper. Go on YouTube, and watch some videos about this, and it is amazing how many people there are out there who are like, okay, if you want to worship Ishtar, this is what you do. This is and And they are practicing the worship of the ancients. Now, they're not, you know, probably not doing it very well, but it's alive. It's happening. Oh, absolutely.
2: And most people don't call it that, but there are people, a lot of people, that are Pagan and neo-Pagan. As a matter of fact, I was on Facebook the other day, and I'm and I'm on in the group of my neighborhood, and there was a lady in my very neighborhood asking if uh, anyone in the neighborhood knew of any good contacts she could make with other pagans. So we, you know, it, this is this is everywhere, and paganism is has made a comeback really in the last twenty or thirty years. And neo-paganism is very, very real, and people, they call themselves Wiccans, they call themselves pagans, they call themselves a lot of things, but the worship of the old gods is still out there, even though I would say the majority of people
1: look at it as just a fairy tale. Sure, and and a thing that, that I find interesting is that that people who do believe, and they believe in the old gods, and They'll even admit that they believe that, that the God Yahweh is real, and they will still choose to worship the loser gods. And And I say that not as an insult, but I say that because their gods have lost well, already.
2: Well, yes, they, they have lost. The Lord Jesus Christ defeated them on the cross, and that's what we have to realize, that these gods, you know, with the Marvel movies and the Avengers and all of that kind of thing that my grandchildren watch yeah you know they've and and even in our generation and and i'm an old codger but even in my generation hercules Mm -hmm. was some great guy thor is the thunder god of thunder he's a great guy he was he was wonderful and and you know uh thor basically is a retail is a nordic version of zeus and we know that zeus Was what came from the god Baal, and Jesus Himself said Baal was Satan. Right. So, so we see this path from through through these gods, and so we in our culture today have made heroes out of satanic
1: entities. We have, we have, and I, and and I'll admit, you know, I enjoy a good superhero movie or a you know whatever an adventure movie, of course, but. Even just on the surface, these things that are in our society, they do help to normalize the supernatural, the paranormal, the uh, the, the things that, that – where, where occultism can creep in through these avenues. What do you see – okay, so I remember you know lambs to the slaughter. I remember back in the 90s how New Age was like scary. I remember back yes. in the 80s, yes. He-Man and all that stuff. They were like, don't do that, don't do that. What have you seen since those days? Has, has uh, society and the church as part of society, has it gotten better in this area or have we slid deeper into it? It's gone
2: underground and it's, it's gone more of a clandestine type of work. You know, the New Age movement got a really bad rap in the 1990s and rightfully so and I don't, and I, I shouldn't term that's not a good choice of words sure uh, the new the new age movement was highly criticized especially in among people in the church that knew about it like myself it it got really criticized and all of a sudden you saw it kind of disappearing from the scene but it's very similar to and I, and this is a little bit off subject so please forgive me sure But it's very similar to what we saw in the 1960s for those of us that were alive during the hippie culture and during the rise of the Woodstock generation, the the anti-establishment that was was strung out on hallucinogens and those things. Those people, those people, we thought that we defeated that movement in the 1970s. We didn't defeat that movement. No. It went underground. Those people who were the college students who were the followers of Timothy Leary who were into drugs, were into all the all the anti-everything movement, they became professors, they became politicians, they became they became went into the media because they they were determined to influence their generation and the next generation in the direction that they wanted to go. They found that the frontal, direct frontal assault did not really work. So they went into a more clandestine type of approach, the piecemeal functionalism approach, piece by piece, erode what they didn't believe in and what they didn't approve of. But the interesting thing is, is, and what we have to understand, is that the The primary way of accessing demonic influence is transcendental meditation, hypnosis, and hallucinogenic drugs. Those are the three prime ways to access the spirit world, the evil spirit world. I'm not talking about God and, and, you know, and we do that through the word of God and the Holy Spirit, but those are the three methods by which people would access the demonic world and what what happened we had all of these demonic philosophies that were became embedded in college universities in the media and in politics and it went under and it went under the under the radar so to speak in the 70s and even in the 80s and in the in the 90s it popped back up as a new age movement but but then it settled back down But now what we're seeing is the second generation of people that were taught these philosophies in our colleges and universities and even K through 12 have been, as we see, have been completely indoctrinated in satanic, demonic, occultic, whatever you want to call it, philosophy. And that's what we're fighting in the, with the younger generation, with the vast numbers. That are following all these crazy ideas in our society. It came from the 1960s and the occult influence primarily of drugs because, you know, at one time LSD was perfectly legal. Right. And I mean, we, you know, and, and other drugs were perfectly legal. And so all of this had a, had a much larger, broader scale impact on our society. Then we realize because the people that were influencing the next generation and the following generation were preaching those philosophies and now we're seeing the end result. The New Age movement just goes right hand in hand with that because New Age philosophies of, of meditating and contacting your spirit guides and all of those things, those are still, those things are still going on. And probably even more than they were before, but it's just not as pronounced in the public realm
1: right, but we are visiting with Mac Dominic, researcher, speaker, author, presenter. okay, so uh, you can you can find his resources on swrc.com Let me throw that in there there you go uh, Mac let me let me ask you a question and I, I hope I'm not begging the question or, or leading you You let me know, but you've touched on a thing, and maybe I'm jumping ahead. You've touched on a thing, and I want to know, I see in everything you're saying a spirit of rebellion that that no matter what form it takes, you know, neo-paganism, um, intellectualism, you know, New Age, whatever we want to call it, that's what I'm seeing. Do you, do you see an underlying spirit of rebellion, and where is it coming from, and where is it going?
2: Well, the spirit of rebellion... Has been with us since the Garden of Eden. Let's just put a point on it. Point on it. Whether it's the fall of Satan, was Satan rebelled, and we see that in Genesis chapter three, Eve when she took the fruit and gave it to Adam, and he deliberately rebelled against God. We saw that. Then in Genesis six, we see the rebellion of the of the angels that descended to Mount Hermon and and engendered this this race. Of hybrid beings, the Nephilim, and then at the Tower of Babel, we see the rebellion of the Tower of Babel. And if you do the study and you do the research, you you find out really quick that the ancient people, whether they were pagans in Mesopotamia or whether whether they were Jewish, but realized exactly what was going on. The Jewish people, the you know the Jewish. Religious people in ancient times, the ancient Jews, saw these three things as the three things that brought mankind to where they were. And so at the Tower of Babel, God turned over the nations to the sons of God who allowed themselves to be worshiped as gods and corrupted the nations. But the good news is, is that God chose Abraham to have a a people of his own to spread the good news that would bring forth the messiah that would reverse all those three rebellions so this spirit of rebellion whether we see it in the 1960s or whether we see it in 2023 this is is came from all of that came from the accounts we see in genesis 1 through 11 and the and the problem is is in the church people the people of the church have not been taught this they don't recognize it they don't know where it's coming from they don't know what's hit them because they haven't been paying attention because you know just for just for example a very notable preacher I won't call his name he's one I don't approve of so I won't be ugly but sure. a very notable preacher in Atlanta Georgia Came out and said, we don't study the Old Testament because it's not important. We want to concentrate on the New Testament and the Gospel. And so they lose all concept of what's happening. And you mentioned, and you mentioned the, the gods and goddesses of Mesopotamia. We look at this, this thing of transgenderism for an example. Why don't Christians understand how wrong and, and evil this is? Because they don't understand. That the first transgender that we know of from his, history was Anana in Mesopotamian Ishtar in in Babylon. I believe I've got that right.
1: Yes. It, yeah. Okay. Yes, you do. <laughs>
2: okay. Ishtar and and uh, and Anana were transgenders. They were male and female. They were great warriors, but yet they were the sexiest things around, and they could appear as a man or a woman. That's. And if you really want to know what's going on in our culture today, all you have to do is look back at this ancient goddess and say, "This is the spirit that is dominating in that part of the culture."
1: Yes, and you know it's it's funny you bring her up, um, and you bring up her her ways. She was she was continued to be worshipped in Canaan. They called her Astarte. Yep. The, the Israelites called her Ashtoreth. Yep. She would co- go on to become Venus. Aphrodite, Venus, Venus exactly. Yes. But it, I'm actually dealing with her material culture right now. In in a form of Israelite religion, in their sacrifices, we are finding symbols of Ashtoreth. Uh, they're actually Canaanites, so they would be Ashtarte, yeah, but, yeah, uh-huh. but we are finding her. So she has been around, not just in Mesopotamia. But she was she was involved in the Bible warns. Do not worship the Queen of Heaven, which is that's right. And yet they're doing it. I think we have this idea that that the ancients, that the Israelites, they were always worshiping God and doing right. That's no. That's exactly what the Bible tells us they weren't doing. That's why they they ended up in Babylon. Exactly. And so we see her today in our society manifesting. I think. I think bigger than than uh, so many of the others. Absolutely, ab- absolutely. And you know,
2: and you know, even some of the Bible teachers and researchers researchers are saying, "Oh, the old gods and goddesses are coming back." They aren't coming back. They've never gone anywhere. No, they have never gone anywhere. And the world is still controlled by these seventy. It's these, these 70 or 72, we don't know which it is. Right. The, right, the, different the, yeah, right. Whether it's the Masoretic or the Septuagint. It's the 70 or 72 sons of God over the nations. They're still over the nations. And, and even though they have been defeated by Jesus, they have still been given the power to do what they do. But now we read in Psalm 82 that their day is coming. And God is going to give them what is
1: due to them at Armageddon. That's right. It's, and, and, and let's talk, let's spend, we've got a, a, just a few minutes left. Let's talk about the hope. We've seen the darkness and that it's been since the beginning of man. Since we got off the ark, we're building structures to them. What is our hope? Well, our hope is in Jesus. I mean, what What else can I,
2: Jesus Christ died on the cross he paid, well, first, let's, let's back up a minute. Jesus Christ became man. God became man. God incarnate became man. He went to his people, the people of Israel, to set up his kingdom and defeat all of these gods and goddesses. But Israel rejected him. And so, and of course, God was not, God is all knowing, so he knew that that was going to happen. So Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid the price for all, all sins of mankind, descended into the lower parts of the earth, preached to the spirits in prison and told them, I win, you lose. Hey, I'm leaving. You guys got to stay here. And he took, with, he took with him the Old Testament saints whose sins were now washed away by his blood back to the presence of the Father. He sits at the right hand of the Father as our high priest and advocate, and he is going to come again as King of kings and Lord of lords. A lot of people think that he's king now. He's not king now. He's the high priest, and we are not building the kingdom of God. We're not advancing the kingdom of God. We are in training to be co-rulers with Christ in his kingdom, which he will set up when he comes and rule and reign for a thousand years on earth
1: and then for eternity in the new heaven and the new earth. Then that's excellent, and what a hope we have. What do you say to maybe uh, an unbeliever in Christ who is listening to us who says, I, I, I want this, I want a part of this, I want to follow Christ? Uh, with our last bit of time, what would you say?
2: I would, I would say, look at what Jesus did for you. Look at your life personally. Look at the fact that you are a sinner, just like I am a sinner. We have no hope. We are undone. We're at the mercy of the ancient gods. But Jesus made a way for you and I to participate, not only here on earth to spread the good news, but as I said, we're in training to rule and reign with him when he sets up his kingdom.
1: Excellent. What a what a hope. What a happy happy you know, and that's the thing is is we see so much darkness in the world, yet we have the light of Jesus Christ and to put our faith in him, to trust in him, and he's going to come out victorious. Absolutely. The end of the book has been written. That's right. And we know who he is. He's the morning star. He is the one. We know how it's all gonna end. That's great. So we've been speaking with Mac Dominic here today. Go to SWRC dot com to look for some of his resources. Uh, you can find books, DVDs. He is an excellent teacher. He is a researcher, a man who, who, who does his due diligence. And, uh, we, we just want to thank you, Mac, for being here with us. Always it my pleasure. Great. And thank you so much for listening.
0: The conversation we've been listening to between Clayton Van Huss and Mac Dominic was recorded during our prophecy conference in Columbus, Ohio last October. Now available for the first time the entire Columbus, Ohio Prophecy Conference. All 12 speakers, 20 total presentations, one complete DVD set. Topics include Secret Societies, Invisible War on the Saints, Jewish Roots of Christianity, The Earth as it Was, Unveiling the Antichrist, a One World Update, and much, much more. And included in the complete set is Jonathan Kahn's presentation on the Josiah Manifesto. Order the complete Columbus Conference DVD set today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order at our website swrc.com. Friends, if you have a prayer need, would you let us pray for you? We consider it an honor to pray with you. Prayer requests come in from all over the country through the mail, on the phone, and now through a special email address, prayer at swrc.com. That's prayer at swrc.com. Or you can always just give us a call, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Friends, we're so glad you're here today. If you're a new listener to Watchmen on the Wall, make sure you request your new listener pack. Inside, you'll find the latest issue of our Prophetic Observer newsletter and a special gift. Request your free new listener pack when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Dr. Kenneth Hill will examine the modern-day move by some to replace Israel with the church. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by downloading our SWRC mobile app or you can simply subscribe to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Please visit our website, swrc.com.